Morning Rock family, how we doing? And let's give a round of applause for that worship. That was amazing. Thank you. Jesus, Jesus in the darkness. That's that's gonna flow perfectly. Pivot to my message. I'm so so thankful for just supernatural man. The supernatural intercedes every time. I love it. I'm going to open up with some prayer for us. Thank you, Jesus, just for bringing us here today. We just thank you so much for the ability to meet as a body, just for the ability to worship and the freedoms that we have in this great country that we live in. We're just so thankful, Lord, for your sacrifice for us. You were born to die for us, Lord. The work was finished at the cross, and we are constantly reminded of that. If we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, all these things will be given to us as well. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be conduit for your word today, to deliver the message to the body, and just for the body to have receiving spirits and ears to hear. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the revelation that you give each of us in our hearts. We're so thankful. In your name we pray, amen. I'm excited about this word today. Um, there's two different references in the songs that they said. Jesus in the darkness, which is amazing because it talks about him being the light. And then they talked about how, you know, throw up my hands, praise you again and again. Like, I have nothing else fit for a king but a heart singing hallelujah. But our heart is acting as Jesus is the light to the world. So I'm still thankful just in worshiping because God always communicates to us in different ways. And I was I'm just like, man, every time that I preach, it's almost like something in worship speaks to the message that I'm going to give. It's amazing. God is so good. So, <clears throat> today my message is titled, um, Thy Kingdom Come. And I was, I was kind of meditating on what I was supposed to share with the body this week. And a lot of times I don't like to like, I don't like to push it. I like to, I like to pray about it. I like to ask Jesus to like lead me in the right direction, give me a sign. I'm big on that, like asking for something and believing that you're going to receive it. It might be a tangible sign. It might be a spiritual check that you get. It might be somebody giving you a word. It might be a video you watch. It might be a song you hear. It might just be a conversation you have with someone that might spark something inside you to be like, you know what? I'm going to pray on that, or I'm going I'm to teach on that, or I'm going to meditate on that, or I'm going to do some more research on that and get in the Bible, see what the Lord has to reveal to me. And that's, that's a huge word, is reveal. Because a lot of times, from the time that we're in Sunday school to the time that we're like a mature Christian, or our age just might represent that, is we always think of stories and we always think of songs and Everyone can talk about Jonah in the belly of a whale. You can talk about Noah's Ark. You can talk about a million other stories that you learn when you're in Bible school or in Sunday school. And those are good things. Those are good applications for us to learn. More importantly is being able to have a receiving spirit to have things revealed to you in verses in the Bible and in stories in the Bible that you might have missed or that you might have just not let sink in and take, take, the, take the right depth. 
that's been huge for me is because just being brought up in the word, I had just kind of had like an arrogant type of spirit. Not, not that I knew everything, but it was just like, well, I'm, I'm thankful that I was born in, into a family that had a finished work mentality. I've always known about all this stuff. I don't really need to be in the Bible. Like, I'm just so thankful that my parents did it for me, right? So I was kind of like leaning on everybody else. And so in my journey and season of life of becoming a more mature Christian and understanding, not mature Christian, that's a kind of a phony phrase, and understanding like what God has for me in these stories that I might have thought I had 100% clarification on, I get back into the Word and I just ask the Lord to reveal things to me, speak to me. And he always shows me things that I'm just like, what in the world, how did I miss that? So I want to talk about, um, I did not give you this scripture, Gene, but I was just talking to Isaac earlier, and I was talking to Tom as well. And a big part of my uh, sermon today is about light and how we can be light to the world, just as Jesus was. So in Genesis 1, <coughs> Isaac had preached on this, but it gives me goosebumps every time I reference it. So I'm going to reference it again to you guys. In Genesis 1-3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now, if you skip all the way down, Genesis 1-14, we get to the fourth day. Before the fourth day was established, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern day and night and separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. This is like one of the most awe-inspiring revelations that I've gotten, and it was through Isaac. The fact that there was light, God said, let there be light, and there was light before he even created the sun and the moon. Like that, I mean, I still get goosebumps when I read that. Because we always think of Jesus saying, you know, he's the light to the world. Oh, that's like a good metaphor. He's literally, he literally is light. There was no sun, there was no moon, and there was still light. Wrap your head around that. What an amazing opening to the Bible. I mean, in the third verse of the book, it gives us an awe-inspiring revelation. Thank you, Jesus. So, let's get into this. So Jesus spoke many times about the kingdom of God with parables to religious leaders who would not believe in him. Go to Luke 17, please. So Luke 17, 20 through 21, said, One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, When will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, The kingdom of God isn't ushered in with visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, 
for the kingdom of God is among you. See, Jesus very clearly told these religious leaders that the kingdom of God was right there in their midst, and they missed it. They didn't recognize it because they didn't have receiving spirits or ears to hear. They were already convinced that they knew. They they weren't going to be convinced by the actual person who was a representative of the kingdom of God. Jesus is the kingdom of God. He is what represents it. It stands to reason that the kingdom of God is present as well. Since the creation of the world, the evil one has used many people to try and destroy or to stop the kingdom of God. But the the kingdom of God is visible as Jesus uses his body, the church, a community of people who through faith in Christ and the dwelling of the Holy Spirit served Christ in this world. Let's go to Mark 4. Mark 4, 21 through 23. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. I was going to teach on Mark 21, 421 through like 34, 35, but the Lord just told me to make it just about the light. And I love like, I'm, I'm, it's tough for me to do less is more. I'm, I'm, I like to do more is more. It's like human nature, more the merrier, right? But I love when I get like a check in my spirit. I'm going over this stuff, being overwhelmed. Like, how am I going to cover all this stuff in this amount of time? And the Lord just said, just speak on the light. So I kept it to Mark 4, 21 through 23. And I just kind of kept meditating on this. <laughs> and I'm glad that I did. Because this world is not only in a state of decay, it's also in darkness. So there are two applications of this lamp that Jesus describes. Number one, Jesus is not only the Lamb of God, He's the lamp of God who came to bring and reveal the light of God. Go to John 1, 4, please. 1, 4 through 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Praise God for that. See, I looked up the word dark, just, I've never uh, looked up the word dark as a definition, and there are, not many, there are not many words in the English vocabulary or in the English language that the definition of the word is described as the absence of another word. So darkness is literally described, dark is literally described and defined as the absence of light. There's no other way to describe it. So I looked it up, and I'm like, this is even in the dictionary. Jesus was claiming that he is the exclusive source of spiritual light. No other source of spiritual truth is even available to mankind. Jesus really is the only true light that came into the world, and now he tells his followers that they are lights unto the world as well. The the day you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a light to the world. The day that we decide to be born again, 
we have the exclusive light of Jesus Christ. The second application he was describing through the lamp of God is Jesus called us as representatives to be a light to the world on his behalf. The same Jesus that said, I am the light of the world, also said, you are the light of the world. The things I did, you will do even greater things. So we all know that the next uh, application of this I want to use is, the, is, is a reference to oil. We all know that oil represents the Holy Spirit in Scripture. There's tons of references where we see oil and Holy Spirit being tethered. So let's look at this scripture. Let's go to Zechariah 4, 2 through 6. He asked me, what do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and one on, the, one on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what, do you, what are these, my lord? He answered, do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I replied. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In this vision, we see a picture of these lampstands, but instead of needing the priest to continually add oil to these lamps, these lampstands are directly connected to the olive trees and receive a direct source of olive oil to remain lit. He is the vine, we are the branches. This is just a shadow and a type of that. Today, because we are in Christ, we have the oil. Example is, we have the Holy Spirit living within us. So we are directly connected to the source of oil, the source of the Spirit, to always remain lit and illuminate God's goodness to the world. A Christian is only a light of the world because of their relationship to Jesus, who is the ultimate light of the world. We are not simply here to receive the light from the Lord. We are to be the light to the lost and to the darkness. The Lord lights up the darkness with his word, his spirit, and us. It's not just us referencing that Jesus and his spirit are the light to the world. We have to understand that we are co-heirs in that. We receive that from him, and we get to be the light on his behalf. Go to Psalm 119, please. So I'm going to reference the word, the spirit, and us. This is how much emphasis Jesus puts on his word. There are a hundred other scriptures, but I just referenced like three or four. So Psalm 119, 105. Your word, emphasis on your word, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The light of the Messiah had literally come to them. How important is the Bible to the Lord? Go to Psalm 138, too, please. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. In the New King James Version, it says, I will worship toward your holy temple and you praise your name. For your loving kindness and your truth, you have magnified your word above all your name. Ephesians 5.25, please. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Notice he says, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her. And then in verse 26, he said that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Then Matthew 5, 16, please. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, I think in that, this often gets uh, mis- misconstrued. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. People can always say, like, oh, uh, you need to show people by your works. No, it's not about us working to earn God's favor. It's not about us working to fulfill our role as being a, an illumination or a light to the world. It's about receiving the Spirit because how many, I mean, people aren't going to raise their hands because that's not something that you do in church. But all of us at some point in time have either been with someone or been in a group of people or had a situation in our lives where we've said, man, like, I don't know why this person told me so much. Or you, never, you would never guess what this person just disclosed to me. Or, man, I never knew that about them. And, it's, and then you start to think about, why would they tell me that? Why would this person call me? Or, why would you ask me? Like, what makes me qualified to answer that question? There's all of these situations that we get ourselves in that once you become born again and you, and you, and you start to have a receiving spirit, people see Jesus through you. It's a feeling. It's a spirit. It's a vibe. I've often told my wife, like, even, even in situations where I have customers where I shouldn't be talking about the Bible, or like in school when I'm teaching, uh, when I'm coaching um, middle school basketball players, you know, separation of church and state and all that, last thing I'm doing is going in there thinking, like, I'm going to talk about the Bible a bunch today. And there will be a situation happen where I get to share with Jesus. And it's just because we put ourselves in this situation where we say, Lord, use us. You know, lead us to the right people, right placing, right timing. Because we do need to, we, we are a light to a dark world. The issue, the issue is whether or not we are living in a surrendered life to his spirit, causing us to have those characteristics, or are we insisting on ruling our own lives, therefore not resembling the Lord. As Christ's followers, he lives in us and he lives through us which causes us to be the salt and the light of the world. John 8, 12, please. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Before our relationship with Christ, we also were in utter darkness. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's very important. I often look at the Bible and I think, like, why are certain sentences where they are and why did they choose to use certain words? Walk as children of light ends that because 
It didn't say run, because that would, that would signify exhaustion. And they, used, they didn't say walk as people of light, they said walk as children of light. Because children, having the faith of a child, you just understand things. Whatever I tell my girls, they believe. No matter what. I have to actually clarify that I was joking. Right? Like, think of all of the things that kids believe that are just wild. That, like, you couldn't wrap your head around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I think that's amazing. I mean, walk as children of light. It's basically, accept the gift that Jesus has given you. Understand that you are illuminating a dark society. And accept and walk in faith with the faith of a child. And so just like the moon, a Christian only gives light to a dark world because of its relationship to the sun. Because we all know that the moon actually doesn't illuminate by itself. It's not a source of light, right? We have learned before that the moon is simply a reflection of the sun and it actually does not provide light from itself. So you see what I did there? We said... Just like the moon, a Christian only gives light to a dark world because of its reflection of the sun, Jesus, and not the sun. That's pun intended. So there's two applications of light that I got in, uh, when meditating on this. One, light exposes darkness. You look at the life and the ministry of Christ. His words and his deeds ex- exposed Darkness. He was naturally just the light of the world. He wasn't, he wasn't um, revealing light. He was exposing darkness. Our lives should be so full of light that they expose darkness. But then light also, in the second application of this, light shows a way out of darkness. When we become born again, when we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we tap in, when we go all in, and we accept Jesus, and we accept the Holy Spirit and his direction for our lives, we get a way out of darkness. Just as in John 3, when Jesus told Nicodemus, in order to go to heaven, you must be born again. Because in order to accept Jesus, you have to understand that the carnal sin and the carnal nature and the carnal world that we were born into. I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. No one teaches you how to lie. Like it's, that's, it's the wildest thing to see my children lie to me. Ivy always says, I'm just, I'm just, it was just a joke, Dad. I'm just kidding. Can you imagine actually using that? Just blatantly lie about something and then someone calls you on it. You'd be like, just a joke, just a joke. But no, I, I, I looked at her, I said, who taught her how to lie? You know what, I, that's crazy. No one teaches us how to lie because we are born into a carnal world where we have choice. We have choice to accept Christ our Lord and Savior. We have, we have the choice to not as well. God loves us so much, he gives us the choice, of, he gives us free will to, make, to have choice. That's why he told Nicodemus, you must be born again, because in the, human, in the human mind, we can't even wrap our head around what that might mean. 
If you didn't have the Bible and I just told you you must be born again, we would react like Nicodemus did. You mean I have to like go back, go back inside my mom? I have to be born again? No, he meant you have to renew your spirit. You have to have the, invite the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you so that your light can shine from the inside out and you can eliminate and expose the darkness. As we live in this dark world, our, our lives and words should expose the darkness. But that's not where it ends. We need to lead people out of their darkness and point them to the new life in Christ. We live it and proclaim it. God did not save us to go and hide from the world, but to shine as a light to the world for all to see. We are not called to retreat and hide from the world in some commune somewhere. We are called to light this place up. I see so many Christians that, and I, I, I just get to talk to people and I see all this emphasis on sharing your words with, the, with like your small group. And there's so many people that have a deep understanding of the word and the finished work. And what good is that if you're not willing to go out and be a light to the world? If Jesus came back right now, he wouldn't go to a church. You can quote me on that. Jesus would go to all the places that we call dark. The last place he'd come is here, or any other church in this area or in the world. He would go to the places where the people are hungriest. And we are supposed to be like that. We are supposed to be an application for him to use to spread the light. And when you have that stirring on the inside of you to do that, that's the Holy Spirit. And there, I'm not asking everybody, you know, maybe my calling, maybe, maybe my calling is to be a, be a member of the elder team and preach. Maybe your calling is just to, you have a conversation with somebody at the gas station. Someone's at the pump next to you and you get this overwhelming feeling to share. Or just ask them a question. Most times when you want to ask someone something or when you want to illuminate that light, it comes in the form of a question. Not hey, are you born again? I got my Bible in my front seat. Let's get, let's get you prayed for. That's probably not going to be received well. That's overwhelming, right? Be a human being. That's the same way Jesus was. Jesus was never pushy. Never, ever did he make someone do something they didn't want to do. He was always just available, and he was always just listening, and he was always someone of simplicity, not of com complex and theology and all that. He was just a light in a dark spot. Matthew 5.16 For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. Leave that up for a minute here. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us to glorify Christ. Once surrendered to the Holy Spirit, can be salt and a light to a lost world. Every time we apply this truth about the king and his kingdom to our lives, we will personally grow and then produce more fruit. Every time that you are in a situation where you're asking the Lord to use you, it's a gift. I mean, I like to, th I like to break things down into like as simple as a five-year-old can understand it. At the end of time, what are we here for? We are here to be disciples. Everyone talks about money. You can't take it with you. 
You can't take it with you. You can't take your clothes with you, your, your tangible items. Your, you can't take them with you, right? So then what are we here for? If we are, what are we here for? That's what I always ask people. They always say, well, what's my, what, what's my calling? What am I supposed to do? What you're supposed to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what you're not supposed to do, be indecisive. That stuff's a plague. And if you're indecisive, come pray with me after church because we'll get you freed up from that bondage. I want, you, I want, to, I want to watch a video clip real quick. I'm going to show you a video clip of some people being real lights to the world. Uh, not really a band, more of a worship team. They have this series on YouTube called God Behind Bars. We're not talking about like a CCNO either. This is a maximum security prison. So they go behind bars and they're a light in a dark spot. There's a ton of videos on this. You guys should go watch it. It gives me goosebumps. We got people in there that, that are on term sentences. We got people in there that are on life sentences doesn't really go into what people are in there for. I'm sure that there's like little stories of it. But there's all sorts of applications here where like, these are all men in this prison, but there's all sorts of applications here and videos of, they go here like all the time. This is like a partnership they have with this prison. And you know, these men are reunited with their families and their children. And there's tons of videos of them worship. There's tons of videos of them leading worship. It's just amazing. So. I want you to watch. This is a maximum security prison. And this is Brandon Lake singing with these guys, being a light in the darkness. Go ahead, Jane. that video, man. Gives me chills. So listen, I mean, Brandon Lake and Elevation Worship, they obviously felt a calling on their life to get involved with the, with the prisons and to get involved with people that are literally at rock bottom. What I think our calling is and the stirring I had in my spirit to share with us this morning is that it doesn't take us to get to rock bottom to let our light shine. It shouldn't take us losing everything to finally give access to the Holy Spirit. We learn, we learn when we're little, like this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Shine all over wherever you are. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. So, I'm not saying that all of us need to get involved in a maximum security prison and go in there and worship and share the Lord and share testimony. I'm not saying that that's your calling. That obviously is something that worked for them. I mean, it spread like wildfire. But I think it's very important that we ask God, get alone and meditate. Don't just come here and, and, and think that this is like the, the supplement that you need for the week for 
spiritual application and getting in the Bible. Talk to Jesus. Ask him what he has for your life. Ask him to lead you to right people, right placing, right timing. Ask him for supernatural interceding when you talk to people. It might be somebody that you've talked to for the entirety of your life that you've thought, nope, this is a closed valve. Ask, ask the Lord to open that up. Might be a friend that you've been afraid to talk to about this. Might be people in your family. It might be coworkers. Ask for an opportunity. Just because it's not the normal probably means it's supposed to happen. Because we're accustomed to doing things of the carnal world. I highly doubt that anybody when they first went to that maximum security prison was like super amped to go in there. They were probably pretty nervous. I would be nervous. I'd be nervous just to go to like any jail. Because I would think that I wouldn't have access to talk to these people because they're going to be like, look at you know, you're, you're not in jail. How can I receive from you? In this application, I want, I want us to really meditate on, and I don't, I don't believe in the word challenge. I believe in giving the body encouragement. And I encourage you guys really just to give Jesus access to not only things you're struggling with, but praise him for the things that have gone well. Praise him for opening doors that you always have thought were closed. Praise him for giving you the words to speak instead of you doing it on your own failing miserably, then going to God. Talk about it before. You're going to go sit down with a family member. Let's say you've got a breakfast coming up. Let's say I have a dinner. Let's say I'm going to be meeting, meeting somebody and sitting down with them. Instead of thinking about, man, why did this not go the way I wanted to? What I do now is I talk, about, I talk to the Lord beforehand. Thank you, Jesus, just for favor over this. This is exactly the prayer I pray. I believe I should share it with you. I said, thank you, Lord, just for blessing me, that they would see you through me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for unmerited favor, favor that I did not earn. Thank you, Jesus, for giving this person or these people receiving hearts and ears to hear. Thank you, Lord, for opening doors that I had deemed once closed. And you would not believe the type of access you can have to that person's heart and their life when you place Jesus first to actually be the bridge. So we do have access to be a light to this world because we have been born again by, the, by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you haven't been and you want to say, and you, you would like me to pray over you after this, or our elder team to pray over you after this, I would love to pray with anybody that needs anything. If you need freed up from some bondage or some wrong belief or just some insecurities, be happy to pray with you guys. But I want to, uh, Isaac always uh, says a declaration, and I, I made my own declaration for this today, so if you wouldn't mind, let's stand. I'm going to say this first, and then we'll, I'll pray and get us out of here. So the declaration I have today is this. <clears throat> when we hear and believe God's word, we will allow Jesus to have first place within our lives and through the Holy Spirit's ministry. We will be equipped for whatever he calls us to do. Jesus wants us to be amazed at his word and realize the word of God is true. It is all we need for life and it is all we need for the godliness that we want. Everything the Lord has promised in his word will happen. 
Jesus is the lamp given to this dark world. As a follower of Christ, I get to live in the light of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And because I am in Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in me and desires to make Jesus known through me. He invites me to co-labor with him. The kingdom of God is unstoppable, and this magnificent Jesus has granted us the privilege of being a part of his kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're just so thankful for the words that you give us, for the revelation that you give us. Thank you just for this opportunity to meet, just for stirring on the inside of everybody's spirit in this body that they know the level of influence they have on this world and society because of you, Jesus. Whether it be in their families, their places of work, in their marriage, in their parenting, in their sonship, in their daughtership, in their friendships. Thank you, Jesus, just so much for everything that you have given to us, the unmerited favor. We do not deserve the favor that we have, Lord, but we accept it. We accept our inheritance in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, just for favor, provision, and prosperity, and that everything that we touch will be blessed as we go forward. Thank you, Lord, for a great week. We are just so thankful for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.